Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Hey, Boiling Pointers. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Before we start, Dave and I want to let you know all about our Boiling Point process, online courses, live events, and masterminds. After interviewing hundreds of leaders, we've packaged a ton of knowledge together to serve up to you. Info that will help you and your company be heard in a very noisy marketplace. So visit www.boilingpointprocess.com and sign up for the email newsletter and we'll let you know when our next cohort or event is. Thanks also for supporting The Boiling Point by subscribing to us on iTunes and also leaving a rating for us. We are rolling. Um, rolling. Man, so Greg Hemmings. Uh, uh, oh, no, um, uh, Britain. Br- Britain. Alan, Alan Hennings. Alan Hemmings and, and Britain Vale. <laughs> so so f- uh, to the Boiling Point listeners, uh, Dave, I mean, uh, yeah, Dave Vale and Greg Hemmings are now going by their middle names. Uh, we have Britain Vale and uh, Alan Hemmings. Britain, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, we yeah. have one of the most <laughs> amazing bios in the Boiling Point. History, yes, incredible. Like we, didn't, you, we, we like yeah. see how we just we can just roll with. This. We, we we should read this whole bio going back and forth. Usually, and I don't know if it's out of the fact that we only have a half hour format, Dave, or because we're lazy. I don't know what it is, but we never read bios. We always get our guests to introduce. But you and I were just chatting. This guy's bio is so incredible. Who's this, about to come on the boiling point? That I feel it's worthy of us. I think going it was, through it. I think it's a brilliant idea coming from you naturally, um, and it is a brilliant <laughs> idea. That no, but to bullet points. So let's try that. Okay, so you, I'm, I'm, since it's your idea, you I'll start. start. <laughs> okay, so so Mark W. Schaefer is going to be our guest, and check this out, folks. He's a globally recognized speaker, educator, business consultant, and author who blogs at Grow, one of the top marketing blogs of the world. Mark has worked in global sales, PR, and marketing positions for 30 years and now provides consulting services as executive director of U.S.-based Schaefer Marketing Solutions. He specializes in marketing strategy, social media workshops, and clients including both startups and global brands such as Adidas, Cisco, Johnson & Johnson, Fitzer, the U.S. Air Force, and the U.K. government. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say he holds seven patents. And faculty member at Rutgers University, and he also has seven best-selling books. Dave, this is and it's magic, like, magic yeah. number seven as well. He, um, he's got this one book called "The Tao of Twitter," uh, which is the best-selling book on Twitter in the whole world. Like that's crazy. And, yeah. he, and he's, he's written other books like "The Content Code," another Known. book called "Known: The Handbook for Building and Unleashing Your Personal Brand in the Most Humane Company Wins." I love that. The name of that book, "The Most Humane Company Wins." Dave, we got to talk to him about that. The most, is that humane or human? Company? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the most human. Let, let's, just, let's ask him about that because those two words are kind of. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I, yeah, I, hear you, sure. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. And I was, you know, I, there was an earlier book you read. I'm glad you read the title because I would have mispronounced it. Um, his books. Okay, this this is interesting, man. His books are used as textbooks at more than 50 universities. Do people do that with the boiling point? They have been translated 12 languages and can be found in more than 750 libraries in the world. 
like it sounds like we're like this is a, this guy this is pretty oh, amazing. And, and I there's one thing I missed too. When, what you know what would be terrible yeah. if Mark's not available. <laughs> we're gonna call him <laughs> in in a second. The thing I forgot to, forgot to say is the most human company wins. The first part of the, that title it's the marketing rebellion. Yes. The most human company wins. I absolutely love that. Let, let's keep going on on his bio. I think our listeners are co-host of the Marketing Companion, one of the ten uh, top ten marketing podcast on iTunes so we got to learn about that because we need yeah. help there yeah. I mean like we're number 11 so yeah uh, and Mark is the seventh uh, most <laughs> mentioned person by CMOs on Twitter and in amongst the top most retweeted marketing authorities on earth okay the bio so keeps going I, I mean know, yeah it's 10 uh, top 10 authorities on social selling by Forbes like how does this guy have time to like does he I just got dizzy. He's just an dizzy. entrepreneur, a startup advisor, recently launched a revolutionary method to track and measure content marketing success. Greg, we need his help. He has an advanced degree in both applied behavioral science and marketing, studying under Peter Drucker for three get out for three years. Holy cow. So essentially, this is why we wanted to read his bio. Before he is among the most in. world's most recognized social media marketing authorities. A keynote speaker at conference such as Social Media Week London. So you didn't realize it was going to go on this long, did you? No, it was two pages. Wow. Yeah. Um, and you know what I'm excited about, Dave? But you know, here's one little. Oh, uh, I, I do want to share one thing with Mark. I was saying, like, you know, and and to be fair, we just got this, but he said it, the last thing, and we'll, that I think we can mention is he's popular, entertaining commentator. It's appeared on many national TV shows and periodicals, including Wall Street Journal, Wired, New York Times, CNN. NPR, CNBC, BBC, CB, CBS News, a regular contributing columnist to the Harvard Business Review, and there is absolutely no mention of the bowling point. Yet. Uh, be, be patient, young Padwan. Okay. Um, but what I am excited about, Dave, is as we are building out our community of the bowling point process experts, mm-hmm. I mean, Mark, Mark is going to cover a lot uh, and really kind of back up a lot of what we're doing with the Boiling Point process. What do you think of that? I think it's a great idea. I love it. Uh, I'm just honored that he's on with us, uh, or will be on with us, hopefully, um, now that we've built him up like this. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's all right, we got the wrong time. Yeah, and, I, and thank, I, thank you, I, I, listeners. But literally, yeah. I want to, there's, there's probably, I got about 50 questions in my head right at this moment, one, and if that's possible to have that many in your head at the same time, but there's so many things I want to ask him, so I'm excited about talking to this guest as I am with almost every guest. Oh, oh, oh you're, you're talking about rivers, the ones that you're not, you know, yeah, rivers r- Corbett, the one yeah, you're not, not excited to talk to. Gear. We love talking um, Okay, so we're going to call, uh, call in Mark. Okay, no pressure. <clears throat> Hello, Mark. This is the Bowling Point podcast and right. we are here to bring you into our universe. Yeah, I've been waiting for your call. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You know good, what? Good, you good, know good. what? We were just concerned because we were reading your bio, Mark. Oh my gosh, this Mark! Is Dave, your, your here, bio's amazing. And we were like, going, oh my goodness, this is incredible. And and uh, and we decided we did something very different than we typically do, which we we actually read your bio to the listeners um, and then called you and then and we were joking, saying. Uh, what if Mark's not expecting our call after we've had this big buildup? <laughs> and so we're hoping you're you're good to talk now that we've built up uh, um, your profile, um, you know, to to great heights. Well, I'm humbled. Thanks for helping out with the personal branding. Yeah. Well, and you know, I'll tell you what. Uh, I, well, I don't even know where to start personally, but your new book. Um, we just we just love the title, "Marketing Rebellion: The Most Human Company Wins." And we thought we could just dive in right there. Would that be okay? You bet. 
tell us a little bit about what, what that, what does that mean? Um, being the most human and how, how, how does that create winning? Well, I think that one of the problems in our world today is that businesses have become a little obsessed and, and preoccupied with technology and technology I think in many cases has become the enemy of great marketing. And it's not that technology is bad. It's because it's so good. It's so easy. It's so inexpensive. Um, it's sort of intoxicating. And it's also some ways made us lazy marketers and it's taken us out of touch with the real human needs of our customers. One of the things I point out in the book is that one of the reasons that businesses feel stuck is because they're trying to keep up with all the changes in technology and they've really forgotten about the constant human needs that are out there. And uh, they're worried about updating technology and increasing their marketing technology stack, which normally they don't even understand what they have in the first place. And then they're losing touch with, with customers. But deep in our hearts, customers haven't changed. Uh, we want to be acknowledged. We want to be validated. We want to seek meaning. We want to seek purpose. We want to align with companies who align with us and our values. And that's really neat where the emphasis needs to be today, rather than the preoccupation with whatever's new in technology. Yeah, because I, I can totally, completely empathize with that as an entrepreneur. Like, um, it's really interesting, Mark. I've got a um, a film production company. We do a lot of you know brand work in the in the marketing space. Work with agencies and and whatnot. But just for some of our own original pieces of content, you know, I've I've kept an eye on you know things like marketing funnels and uh, in, you know different uh, email marketing and whatnot. And just so I could you know advise my clients, I I wanted to figure it out myself. And what mm-hmm. talk about a funnel? What a funnel of or a vortex, if you will. Of oh my gosh, I now have to figure out Photoshop. Oh my gosh, I got to figure out Click Funnels. Oh my gosh, and and you just go down this path, and before you know it, you're two and a half months into learning technologies, and you forgot about your business. Is this a little bit of where yeah. we're going? <laughs> well, that's exactly it. I mean, it's, it's sort of the tail wagging the dog. And the example I use in my book is an interview that I saw with uh, Jeff Bezos of Amazon in Wired Magazine, and someone asked him, well, Jeff, you know, what's what's the latest technology that you're excited about? What's the latest technology that's going to change things? And he said, well, that's a very interesting question, but the more interesting question is what's not going to change. And what's not going to change is that people expect low prices, fast delivery, and vast selection. It's impossible for me to think that in 10 years, People will say, oh, Jeff, I love Amazon, but I wish I could pay more. He said, you can build a business on what doesn't change. And I think that's a a healthy perspective and a model that we can use in our own businesses. We're spending so much energy trying to keep up with technology, and we're sick. I mean, marketing in many cases is just lost because the the technology has has become an end unto itself instead of serving customers. And I, I see this really everywhere. Um, 
Mark, this is interesting. Uh, Dave and I, uh, you know, as podcasters, we're both uh, owners of our own businesses. Dave has a coaching company and, and of course, mine's a media company. But we started this podcast a number of years ago uh, just so we could hang out, but also meet people like you and learn. And as a result of that, we've we've created uh, our own little thing called the Boiling Point Process. Uh, it's all about how to be heard in a noisy market. And we are talking to our community about things like interviewing people, using a podcast the way we are, you and I right now, to get to know your potential customer, you know, or putting effort into blogging or making videos or public speaking or creating events. Of course, that's very overwhelming for most people, very overwhelming, but it seems to work when we, when we look around and we see those who are, uh, let's say, being heard in a noisy market and somehow getting their, their heads out, uh, over the surface, it seems like they have put all that sweat equity in. And I don't want to believe that that is the way to go. Like, I'd, I'd rather focus on what your book is saying, you know, that, that let's simplify things. But like, we're, we're hustling. We are hustling to be heard as entrepreneurs uh, in, this, in this noisy market. Well, so how do you balance that? I mean, I think part of the challenge is to be heard, but uh, a bigger challenge is to listen. And one of the stories in my book comes from Martin Lindstrom, who is one of my absolutely favorite marketing heroes. And he tells the story of how he gave this talk in New York City before 5,000 marketing leaders. And he asked how many people have had a face-to-face discussion with their customers in the last year, and out of 5,000 people, 19 people raised their hand. What? And I think, I mean, I think that's a symptom of our, of our world, that we're, we've got our heads stuck at dashboards, and we're looking at taking people out of the process and automating things that we shouldn't be automating. And, you know, we've got these social media listening tools, which really don't tell the whole story. And by the way, it's the same tools that are competitors are using too. I had the, the honor to uh, study under the great American marketing legend, Peter Drucker, when I was in graduate school. Incredible. And Dr. Drucker used to say, 75% of your meeting should be with your customer, either your internal customer or your external customer. And if you're not having most of your meetings with your customer, then you know, you're, it's a sign of a sick organization. People aren't empowered to do their jobs. But I think his message is you've, you've got to get out there and, and learn. You've got to discover unmet and underserved customer needs and serve as the glue in your organization to address those needs, and that's what creates value for your business. You know what's fascinating about that? I mean, amongst many things, but so Dr. Drucker would have said this like, how long ago was, when were you in graduate school? How long ago had this been? Well, Dr. Drucker is timeless, really, yeah. 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 <laughs> in his advice. I, I mean, there's probably nobody in the business world who's more quoted than Peter Drucker, and he died 14 years ago. Incredible. How, um, how relevant it is so to So this would have been, yeah, I mean, this would have been in the, uh, I guess it would have been in the, in the late 90s. Okay. I, fi- I just think that's so, and I'm glad you brought him up because we did note that and we wanted to ask you, so I appreciate you. And it mu- he must have been um, quite riveting to, to be, you know, in being able to be in the presence of the man because he was so prolific and so 
um, like you yeah. said, timeless. Like it's just incredible. I'm a real a real fan of his and his work. Um, what? So he brought up something around listening, and I think it's so. It's come up. It's a theme that's come up on our podcast a few times with a few different guests, and and it you know, and it's this. Um, I, as a coach, I'm, I'm an executive coach. I mean, it's, it's something I've, I'm learning, continue to learn. And, but it was a really, it's a, it's the foundation of coaching is what many people say. And I believe that to be true in the meetings we have with folks, you brought it up, but it's like how we listen. Right. And then, and it, I find it so interesting to the concept between listening to respond or listening to understand and how I feel right, like, exactly. I feel like exactly. a lot of us are, are, have learned how to listen to respond but it's it takes work and energy and um, and focus at least for me to listen to understand. How, how do you feel about that? What's what's I'd be really curious. Yeah, I mean, I gave an example in my book of um, when I was a marketing leader in uh, a large company, and we actually had a formal listen to the customer process. Really, where we had trained listeners who would go around the world meet face-to-face with our customers to try to discover new needs and new trends that um, we needed to incorporate into our plan. An example that I used in my book was a situation where we learned about a potential research project that was that could lead to a regulatory change that threatened to really uh, jeopardize our entire business model. And we never, ever would have found that unless we had gone and had this face-to-face meeting. And it literally saved our business. And then you compare that to the anecdote from Martin Lindstrom, where we're just, we just kind of sit in our, stay in our offices and expect feedback to come to us through social media listening or something like that. And there's a huge disconnect. Well, the face-to-face is certainly missing, isn't it? Like how, mm. And how often would you like just, and just test this? idea like a, um, and it's really made you know has actually really had been an impact on this, this conversation with me but this idea of, of of what Mark learned from from Dr. Drucker like when you think of your meetings Greg mm. do, do you are you ha- like you, you would be pretty client focused wouldn't you yeah you know like, I, I, I'm, I'm part of that stat like I'm always super stoked to meet people at the beginning and then once I get into my into my universe, my people take care of them, and that's not right. You know, it is right that they take care of them. But Mark, you've totally inspired me because the I just got back from New York uh, this week. I was there for two days, and I was uh, doing a listening tour with Discovery Channel, Science Channel, A and E, and a bunch of other ones, HGTV, and um, I had a number of pitches. Yes, and I shared them with them, but not until I just shut up and listened. And the intel yeah. they gave me, because the question to them was, hey, what, you know, what's coming up? What are you guys looking for? Um, and it, it was kind of the first time I've done that. And, um, so what caused you to do that? Because you hadn't talked to Mark yet. Yeah, no, I, I think I sensed Mark's future uh, influence on me. Anyway, yeah, yeah, Mark, it was just great. And I was like, maybe I should do that with my commercial clients too. Like, just go and sit with our, you know, our loyal clients over the years and say, hey, what's up? I've got nothing to pitch to you, but like, what's up? What's your thoughts on that, Mark? Uh, something, I mean, it's something that I that I do routinely with with my own uh, clients where I'm consulting is uh, the first thing I'll do is if the if uh, the company doesn't have a marketing strategy or they think they have a marketing strategy but they really don't, 
I'll say, well, you know what? I want to go out and, and meet with some of your customers. Not just do a survey or not just do a phone call, but I want to look at their environment. I want to see what your competitors are doing. And what I found is if you ask the right questions and you listen hard enough, the, the, the truth is always there. The truth is really with the customers. And eventually you'll hear those words and you'll think, wow, that's where I need to be. That's where I need to go. I completely missed, you know, missed this point. And you find some new truth. You find some piece of wisdom that sort of helps you rally around it, your strategy. What, um, what, what do you think it is outside? Of, I mean, uh, I mean, I guess technology would be part of it, but what stops people from listening? Well, there's a lot of things. I mean, I think today I would say uh, many people are sort of conditioned to not have human conversations. I would say there's a great emphasis in business to try to automate things that we shouldn't be automating. I think there's a great emphasis to cut costs and having live meetings is expensive. You know, I, and I think there's a certain laziness about trying to see what you can get away with. But at the end of the day, uh, as I say in my book, the most human company will win, and that includes you know having some sort of presence where you create that emotional connection. Yeah, you know what's really interesting, Mark, and like from I'm going to say from time to time, uh, but like this particular interview we're having right now is really uh, affecting me a lot because I'm in the middle of you know trying to figure how to get out of the vortex. And what's the vortex to me is I'm living in a point in my business where I get so many meeting requests and in person, let's go grab a coffee. You know, that, that, that thing that for me, it's like, uh, I don't have time. I love humans. I love sitting and talking with, I love doing everything you're talking about, but I've allowed myself to become slaved by not letting my inbox get overwhelmed or whatever. Like I, I'm fully seeing what you're talking about because the technology side is so such a full-time job to stay on top of that it's now coming to a point where it's making it hard for me to have the human connections. Where when I should, when someone is saying, "Hey, Greg, let's grab a coffee," I should be, "Yes, I am there. I can't. I'll I'll come over right now." I would love as a CEO to be able to be freed of all that extra stuff, but we have agreed culturally, we've agreed to communicate with email. And if I don't look at my email, I've got 140 humans I need to respond to at the end of every day. And it's just like, if, if we could change the agreement that people could just chill out on digital yeah. communications and get back, I, I would, I'd love, I'd be the front of that movement. And it'd be, <laughs> that's why I'm going to buy a bunch of your books and then start handing them out to every single person that I connect with. <laughs> well, I think, you know, the other, piece of this that we haven't really talked about because we, we talked about the, the listening piece and the research piece. It's really hard to create an emotional connection to a piece of content or a jingle or a website or an ad. And trust in businesses, brands, and advertising has declined for 10 years. People just don't believe companies anymore and people don't see our ads anymore. And if they see them, they don't believe them, but they do believe each other. They believe people. They believe business leaders. They believe technical experts. And one of the points I make in the book, which is a very important point, is that increasingly the personal brand is the company brand. 
because people are going to listen to what executives say and what the, what the technical experts say and create that emotional connection with a human being that you're never going to see any other way anymore. And I think an example of this is sort of what we see with Elon Musk and Tesla. Mm-hmm. Tesla has a higher market value than Ford Motor Company. Tesla's been around as a company for like 10 years. And in some ways, Elon Musk can be like a polarizing figure, but he's an honest person. He's an authentic person. He's vulnerable. He, he makes mistakes. He's a real human. And he's a human that we, can, that we can love, that we can believe in, we can admire his vision. And who's the person that you love at Ford? You know, who's the person that you love at your local telecom company? There isn't anybody. That's so true. And so the other piece of this is creating the emotional attachment to a person, and that requires getting technology out of the way. Um, Mark, can I just, like, let's stop there for one second, because what, what Dave and I have been practicing is, uh, is dancing with both of these, uh, these uh, ways of being, is by doing our podcast, we've been able to let our customers know what we believe in, what we stand for. And the type of people that we want on our podcast, for example, um, in the in the video content that I create, in the blogging that I that I do, um, at, that Dave does in our email newsletters, that's all really good distractions. Uh, but th- these are the distractions I'm t- I'm talking about that are keeping me away from the human connection. But at the same time, it is allowing people to, like, whether they're reading, watching, or listening to let's say the Greg Hemmings content, people know who, who I am and what I stand for. But if I didn't play in that space, it wouldn't be heard. Uh, I mean, it would be a lot, oh, my, my, yeah. my market would I be mean, my local I, geography. Look, I'm living proof of that. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean to diminish that at all. I think that, um, well, the book I wrote before this one is called Known, about how do you become known? What is the, what's the process to become known in the digital age? I know firsthand that absolutely that people can create emotional connections to you through your content. Uh, you know, I meet people all over the world who I've never known before. I've never heard from them before. And they come up to me and they tell me how much they love me and how my books have changed their life. And so, you know, it's just overwhelming, really, that you can create this bond with people through your content. But that's part of being human in the web because, you know, I show my face. I show my passion. I, you know, people can hear my voice. They listen to my podcast. They listen to my audiobook. Some young fella told me one time, he said, you know, I just, I feel like you're my friend because you're talking in my head all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, and you know, that's actually, I'm really glad you brought that up because I was going to, um, I was going to ask you about, the podcast kind of, I don't know, it, it, like what's happening. It's like this, it's taking over, right? And, you know, and I, I'm just, you know, if we think of one of the most, and Greg, you know, I was I was lucky enough to have Greg introduce me to the whole concept of a podcast. I didn't even know what it was when we started four years mm-hmm. ago. And, and he, you had been at a, at a conference. And, you know, and then I started listening to podcasts. And, you know, one of my favorite, and I think one of the most influential podcasts out there is Joe Rogan's, uh, the Joe Rogan experience, you know, who had Elon Musk and all these kind of folks on. And what I find fascinating about it, uh, Mark, is that 
is that, you know, he, his long form, you know, in two and a half hours, people will find the time. And it, it, seems, it seems to totally contradict what you see in terms of, you know, how we should, you know, everything's automated and this sort of thing, right? And, and how technology is speeding up. And, we, um, and, and, and he's gone the exact, you know, the, in his particular format, the exact opposite way. And, and, the, and that idea of, like, you, you're, you're in people's ears. They get a sense of who you are. And I know what this podcast has done for both of our brands, you know. It's been exceptional. So, sure. just, yeah, I just love your, you know, and, and you, you're very, you know, you've got a podcast, I believe, where I read that somewhere. Um, um, so tell, like, what you know, how do you make sense of that, the whole podcasting kind of revolution, well, if you will? Well, it's, it's, I think it's pretty easy to explain. Um, you know, if you think about how the, the Internet started with what kind of, you know, what kind of content was there, and it was blocks, right? So people learn four different ways. They can learn by reading, by hearing, by seeing, or by doing. Mm-hmm. And so the first platforms really where people could express themselves on the web was blogging. There really wasn't anything like podcasting at that point in the early days. And then next was video and video at the beginning was still really hard and really expensive. You needed a lot of equipment and you, you had to have certain editing skills. And then as you know, Wi-Fi developed and the quality of smartphones improved and, and we were able to edit videos quickly in an app, all of a sudden video became accessible and everybody was creating videos. So that became second. While all this is going on, the people who love to learn by listening have been underserved. And that's why podcasting is growing because first of all, it's been an underserved market. And second of all, we're getting to a critical mass where now everybody is carrying a, you know, a radio station in their pocket They've got access to data plan or Wi-Fi everywhere they go. And podcasts are very popular because it's the only content you can um, consume right now and, and multitask. So you can listen to a podcast while you're driving a car. You can listen to a podcast while you're, you know, jogging. And so all those things have kind of come together to sort of push, you know, podcasting as a popular format right now. And it seems to me that, really like everyone's jumping on too, right? Like we, we were, it feels like we were a little ahead with, you know, being, being four years old now, but my sense is that people are getting it and they're for every, and, and what's interesting is you said, it's a really simple kind of reason. And, but that's a, a really very interesting explanation. Cause I, I've only thought of parts of that. I never, it never, it never occurred to me that it was, it was, you know, even the technology piece had to catch up. So, um, do you, yeah. the future of what is the future in podcasts? Like, I mean, the, cause it's kind of getting like, like, in, and this is just my gut sense of it, but I just hear new podcasts all the time. Like, so you, then it becomes even such a crowded space. You're just like, you know, who do you, yeah. who do you listen to? And there's only 24 well, hours a day. Well, it's sort of the rule of, of marketing that, you know, marketers flock to whatever's popular until they ruin it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And so that's certainly happening with podcasting. It's happening with everything. There's um, sort of a well-known term that I coined in 2014 called content shock. And Hmm. what I meant by that term was that um, every communication channel will eventually get filled up with content. And as the amount of content and the choices for consumers increases over time, 
the cost to compete in that space is going to go up and up and up. So we've seen that now in print. We've seen, well, not print, but in text. We've seen that in video, where today 15 years of video are uploaded to YouTube every hour. Oh, jeez. It's more video than we could ever think about consuming. So what does it take to break through? Well, you've got two choices. Number one, you need to create greater and greater and greater and greater quality. So where are we in TV right now? Television is the, other than newspapers, television is one of the most mature communication channels we have today. So what does it take to break through on television? It takes Game of Thrones, right? It takes movie-quality content to break through on television. Mm -hmm. What does it take to break through in blogging? I'll tell you one thing. It takes, it takes a much higher level quality of blog than what it took 10 years ago. And the same thing is going to happen on podcasting. Podcasting is starting to attract traditional media companies. You see you know, NPR, National Geographic. Uh, a lot of traditional media publishing companies now getting into podcasting. And doing a great job, too. Yeah, they're doing a wonderful job. So it's going to take more and more to uh, to compete. We've got to just, you know, you've got to be relevant. You've got to be interesting. You've got to be entertaining. And you also have to be superior. And being superior means a constant battle to improve. Well, Mark, you just inspired me for, you know, sure, we were a little bit ahead of our time, you know, jumping in. I think it was more than four years ago, Dave. I think the human approach, and I, I'm not just saying this because we're, we're having an interview. I am legit going to be taking your your message and putting it into practice immediately. I, I think the, uh, the, the new podcasting is uh, human relationships, <laughs> face-to-face. And I'm that, that's you know we we we've been ahead of the curve and other things. I want to get back to that, man. Mm. I think it's a great well, reminder. You know, if you think about it. You know how how do you stand out? To stand out, you've got to be original. To be original, you don't have a choice. You've got to add your own story. You have to add your own perspective and your emotion. You have to have the courage to show yourself and express yourself, and maybe even be you know, vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so those that have the courage to, uh, to add that human element to the story, those are the ones that will have the best chances to win. Uh, I think this is awesome. And in a way, you know, it, with our podcast, we're kind of doing this, you know, oftentimes our, our guests are in the studio with us and that's a, a different form of human connection. Um, and, so there's definitely cool. power in using uh, things like a podcast or, or whatever uh, to make those human relationships. One last thing we want to uh, I want want to end on as we're coming close to the end is I misread the book at the beginning. I, I said the humane, the most humane company will win, and I think there's something there too. You know, um, I don't know what comes to your mind, Mark, when you, you hear the word humane. Um, I think for a lot of people they they might think of animal treatment, but I I just feel. That if we remember that we are dealing with humans and we want to relate to them as humans and treat them as humans, as human beings, as people with feelings and emotions, then that's a humane approach. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on my misreading of your title. Well, I forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> 
but uh, I mean, I think you, you you make a great point. I've got an entire chapter in the book about uh, values based marketing. I mean, this is a huge trend right now in business. That one of the few ways we have left to connect to people in a way that builds loyalty is to align with their values, and not in a fakey way. I mean, not in a way that you know. Oh look, we're diverse now. You know. Oh look, we've stopped polluting. <laughs> but I mean, really getting involved in a community and and showing up and demonstrating what you believe in that will attract an enormous amount of loyalty to the fact to the point where people will even be willing to pay more for what you do because they believe in you as an individual and as a company. This is awesome, and we're uh, my company is a B Corp, and uh, Dave will soon be a B Corp. And I found that Mark just just by entering that universe of other companies who are committed mm-hmm. to using their company as a as a force for good has been incredible because you, yeah. you can cut away all the BS. You know, if Ben and Jerry's is a B Corp or if Patagonia is a B Corp, you don't have to worry about where their values are. They're they're stringently audited. That greenwashing cannot exist and trust is there, you know, and uh, I'm just loving that element of it, too, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something very, very powerful and we'll we'll see more of that. But like I said, we'll also see a lot of marketers flocking to that and ruining that. But hopefully the the true people, the real people, the honest people will stand out and be rewarded. Mark, how did how do people learn more about you and like where would you where would you want them to to go first? Well, it's pretty easy to find me. I realized early on in my career that no one could remember how to spell Schaefer. So I secured a website called Businesses Grow. I figured that's a lot easier to remember. <laughs> so if you can remember business, businessesgrow.com, you can find my blog, which is free, my podcast, which is free, my books, and lots of other resources that can help businesses of all sizes. Perfect. Um I want to I want to thank you um, for being so human with us, uh, and I mean that very sincerely, not tongue in cheek. We were reading. I was reading. I'll just speak for myself. I was reading your bio, and I was starting to get nervous uh, before you came on because I was just kind of like thinking, <laughs> "Oh my goodness!" Like, like you know, how how are we going to have a you know like we got to ask this guy amazing question. <laughs> we got to be on our A game, and there's and I'm just being very very. Um, vulnerable right now in saying that and as soon as we started i just thought as soon as we first heard your voice immediately i that fell away and i thought oh, I, I can't wait to learn more from this man so thank you for that mark i really appreciate it oh you're welcome thanks so much for having me it's been a, it's been a pleasure and an honor okay. okay mark we look forward to connecting again my friend all right thank you take care <laughs> take care, uh, take care. bye-bye And now it's time for the Boiling Point Takeaways. Dave, that was awesome. I'm filming myself again. Dave, like that was <laughs> that was the here. type of interview that sneaks up on you. That I was like, let's just keep going. Let's just keep I know. Let's just keep going. I know, I know. So so we had a we had a chance to meet with Mark. Um <laughs> Greg goes so close to my face and I've seen them and I'm like, oh my gosh. Um Mark Schaefer, who, um, and you can learn about him from businessesgrow.com. Um, oh, here we go. That's the businesses grow, da da. And then there we go. There's, there's Mark. Um, and he is, I mean, this, if you want to be, you know, and we talk about being heard in a noisy marketplace. 
Um, this is a guy that can tell you, and he's got some fabulous books. Um, and what I learned uh, in the last few minutes w- with Mark um, is just the value of, I think, trying to do what we've been trying to do and just continuing yep. to be human, you know, yeah. and to connect with people and relate to them and all these incredible things. And um, uh, he's just given me a lot of confidence, a lot of things to think about as well, um, including, you know, how often are you meeting with your customers and are you listening, you know, in your meetings? Um, and then he shared some information on on uh, studying under uh, Dr. Drucker, Peter Drucker, who's who I, I believe he mentioned, and I, I, I think this is true. I think I've heard this one of the most quoted, um, you know, kind of business gurus in the world. So, a uh, fascinating guy, prolific in what he gets out there, and was kind enough to spend uh, forty five minutes with us, so or thirty or whatever the amount of time was, but a, a significant amount of time. So I, I had a mass of takeaways, um, Greg. Alan Hemmings. Alan, Alan Hemmings? No, and Greg, Alan and, Hemmings and, at your and, service? And Greg, I should mention that Greg gave me the... Um, the, 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 the uh, it's called an iPhone. No, no, no. You gave me the... Like, what did you do? Like, oh, spin around. You were like, you were like, like giving it cues <laughs> to make sure I spun around so, the camera. So listen, <laughs> it, 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 as audio listeners, if you're wondering what we're always talking about, when we do our takeaways, we actually film them with, the, with my iPhone and then we put them on our Facebook. If you ever want to see how hilarious that is, our attempts... Check us out on the Boiling Point Facebook. I think it's worth seeing how we try to videotape these takeaways. It's kind of funny. My takeaways, Dave, is, well, first of all, <laughs> his bio is insane. Like, uh, you know, just look up um, Mark Schaefer. And I, I, again, his his business uh, blog is businessesgrow.com. When you go to businessesgrow.com, you're going to see how legit this guy is and incredible books he's done and like... Um, Know, top podcaster, top blogger, top speaker, all this sort of thing. But at the end of the day, he's a human being that has human ideas that are based around humans being human. And for me, I, I've kind of forgotten about that element. And when is the last time I've sat with a customer just to listen? You know, uh-huh, I did this week when I was in New York, I suppose. <laughs> but it's not part of my daily process. When I think about marketing, I'm always thinking about what's the next content marketing thing I'm going to do. I got to get a new podcast, a new blog, a new whatever. What about that thing about just sitting down with a human, just hearing what's up, you know? And that's what, that was my takeaway. And as far as how this relates to our boiling point process, Dave, it's dead on. Like, if we could drag Mark along with us to every one of our boiling point process events, that would be amazing because he touches on every single bit. Yeah. Every every one of our four four steps in the boiling point process, uh, it's yeah, it's dead on. It was awesome. Great interview. Good listen. And uh, why don't you tell our friends about the the process, Dave? Boilingpointprocess.com is what you go to. And uh, sign up. Um, You can learn all about it, some great videos. We have uh, just recently, I guess by the time this is uh, out, have done a webinar um, that people could actually watch to learn more and uh, dig in. Um, It's as simple as going to boilingpointprocess.com, entering your email address, signing up, and, and then it takes you through a whole process, I believe to get into the content itself. Is that, would that be fair to say? I love how you see it, I believe. We have to trust in ourselves, Dave. We are human. We are. All right. Cheers. See you, Alan. See you, Britain. <laughs> Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, 
Visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.